Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have an ultra-packed show for you today. We are going to be talking about The Banker, an Apple TV Plus original film starring Anthony Mackie and Samuel L. Jackson. We're going to, of course, be talking about Tiger King because isn't everyone talking about Tiger King on Netflix? And in honor of Tiger King, we are going to wrap up the show with our schoolyard pick of big cats. Let's do it. For joining us on another wonderful episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host Kirk. What's up? I am your other co-host Cam. We are on quarantine day one million, mm-hmm. but Kirk and I are following the rules. We're socially distancing. We're far away from each other right now, but this is a gathering of less than 10 people. Those are the rules. We're doing our thing. Um, I've been to the grocery store a couple of times. I can honestly say that because you need groceries to live, but it's kind of scary. It's kind of like, it's a little zombie ish out there. Oh, it's like a jungle and people are very aggressive in the grocery store. If you find yourself there sometime soon, you may already have seen this. People are like claiming their ground. Like they get in the aisle. You're not allowed to go around them. They stand in the middle of the aisle. Yeah. And this didn't happen like once or twice. It's happened like 30 times because I didn't buy enough groceries. It's like, dude, trust me, the 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 whole experience has become a game of like avoiding people, but I still need my Pop-Tarts. So like, yeah, if you're going to park it in the aisle, there needs to be like a three second violation for that, like in basketball. Like, Burr. yeah, you can't just sit there. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you doing? I agree. I, I, I'm not cool with that. I, yeah, I experienced that. I experienced... I don't know. I've experienced all kinds of weird things out in the wild. Like, I guess sometimes I'm I'm being very respectful about the whole thing, but like sometimes people like I can I can see them backing away, which I'm like, hey, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, am I not following the rules? But I like I am. But other people are not following the rules. There are people out there. There were people crowding me at the at Target the other day. I'm like, seriously, come on. Unacceptable. I've also people have tried to like shake my hand in the past week, and I'm like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. Oh, dude, I know. I have to admit though, I met my neighbor, so we moved like in the middle of all of this. Yes. So I haven't been able to like really meet my neighbor, um, either of my neighbors. And today, my neighbor, um, Randy, call him Rando the Mando. <laughs> no, I just met him today. Uh, today, Randy came out, and he was like, hey nice to meet you and i like almost stuck out my hand and then i was like wow that would have been really dumb right um but we had like a home improvement type meeting like across the fence you know he's like my neighbor across the fence he's like wilson yeah he's your wilson yeah so uh finally met my neighbor but yeah these are these are strange and mysterious times my friend yeah strange strange times i don't i don't like it i no it sucks it's terrible you know my kids have been out of school uh, well, kid, one kid is school age. He's been out of school for about three weeks now. Mm. They just announced today, March 31st, day of recording, that he will be out of school until at least April 30th. Yeah. yeah so then there's like a month left of school after that. It's like, this is tough. This is oh, yeah. very tough. Mostly tough on my wife because she is the one. 
that's uh, staying home, doing her job from home and teaching. I just want to say that I am classified yeah. as an essential worker. You're essential. Essential. Uh, that's right. right. Yeah, you're gonna get the uh, the Joaquin uh, Oscar trophy tat. I'm gonna get essential. Tat, yeah, tatted you on should. my chest. You should. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting times. I like working from home a lot. It does present some challenges for sure. Um, I don't know, man. It's I'm bored. I'm so bored, mm-hmm. and it's just like a contest to see who can get ugliest. Feels like I'm oh, just yeah. getting uglier every day. <laughs> Like, I thought you meant like your your um, attitude ugly. No, no, like no, like I I am just grotesque at this point. Okay, so in our state, April thirtieth, I haven't had a haircut for about four weeks. Same. So I got to go four more. weeks. Oh, I think haircut. it might be longer for me, dude. I wear hats all the time. Yeah. But seriously, my so the way my haircut is, it's really short on the sides and it's really long on the top. It's like a Peaky Blinders thing. Mm-hmm. Well, lots of people have this haircut, but the problem is when I wear a hat what I do is I take the hair on top and I flip it back yeah, so that it, it's not sticking out from underneath the bill. Cause it's kind of long. Um, well, it just keeps getting longer. <laughs> and the problem with that is that now when I flip it back, it's long enough that it sticks out the back of my hat yes. and then it just looks, Oh, it's it, terrible. It's going to start looking like Joe exotic. I don't know that my marriage is going to survive this. <laughs> I think this is just, she's going to be like, I did not sign up for this. He's horrible. Also, I haven't shaved my beard or trimmed my beard at all. Don't even know why. I can. I have a beard trimmer. You're I'm just, I'm like, feels like it would be out of character. <laughs> like, You're just at home. Who cares? Feels like it's an off brand move for me to trim my beard at this time. <laughs> it's a challenge. Quarantine challenge. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to go full Tom Hanks. I'm nearly there. Yeah. My beard is just atrocious. It's gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. I had to shave. I had to, you know, trim mine down because mine, I couldn't maintain it anymore. It's going to happen. I mean, I undoubtedly. I will either look at myself in the mirror and be like, oh, or I'll, it'll just get too itchy. You know, there's like mm-hmm. a, there's a tipping point where beyond that is just itchiness. Yes. And th- at that point I'll be like, okay, enough is enough. Yeah. It's I've, time to move on. I've already toyed with the idea of having Aubrey shave my head, like buzz cut my hair. Oh, I think I, I'm considering that for sure. Yeah. Right. Because I've had a buzz cut before, not that long ago. Now the most recent time I had it, I hated it. I thought it would look cool. Like, I thought if I buzzed my hair and had a big, thick beard, it would look cool. No, did not like it. Felt okay. like I looked like a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, yep, don't like that. <laughs> Luckily, of course, during that two months is when I got my driver's license picture. So oh, thank goodness. <laughs> got to live with that guy for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll buzz. I will. I'll do it. We should buzz our hair. We should have Aubrey and Jackie buzz our heads while we record. Yeah. If it gets to that point. Yeah, maybe we can donate it. I don't think I have enough hair for that. I don't. I definitely don't. But maybe someone could make like a beard wig <laughs> with my hair. Yeah. I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> Is that a thing, Kirk? Uh, maybe for the theater? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, I really am toying with the idea, but I think I'd have to get rid of my beard because I hated it so much last time I was buzzed. Mm-hmm. Might just go full mutton chops. Used to oh. have that. Used to have that look rolling. Oh, you did. Buzz cut and mutton chops. Well, they were more like lamb chops. They weren't. Nah, nah, dude, they were good. They I, were like baby lamb chops. I just saw a picture recently that popped up in my time hop of your wedding, which, uh, yeah, it, it, I don't know why I must've like been a duplicate posting, <laughs> but anyways, I saw it. I was like, look, yeah, look at those, look at those burns. Yeah, that's right, man. I was rocking it. They're sick. Full fledged. So you never know, man. It, you said April 30th, right? At least at, at this point, at we just have least. to say at least, 
Um, w- w- a day will come where I'm like, all right, Jerry Seinfeld style. Enough, <laughs> is, enough is enough. Um, but yeah, so that's quarantine update. I am watching lots of things, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, watching Tiger King. Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm watching it. I tried to hit the sound effect, but it was potted down, so I'm going to do it oh, again. Try again. Hey, Kirk, I'm, I'm watching this show called Tiger King. Oh. Look at that. I know. You can't because it's a sound bite. It's a sound effect, but you can look at it in your mind. You can see Joe Exotic and all of his crazy characters. All friends. of his 270 tigers mm. just strolling around in the middle of oklahoma is that where they're at oklahoma roaming around oklahoma yes not all around i know you're all over this tiger king thing. oh man okay so this this uh snuck into my news feed i'm like okay this doesn't seem like something i would watch it seems too hokey i'm not gonna do it well then i i just decided that every single thing was either covid19 or tiger king yes i said all right we're gonna watch this tonight let's try one episode we watched on a on a Friday night on a Saturday night. We watched episodes one through six, and then woke up the very next morning and watched episode seven. We finished it within ten hours. Unreal! It was so great, and I applaud you for that. <laughs> um, if you haven't heard of Tiger King, you're lying. You you definitely have. You've definitely at least seen one meme. I will bet my bottom dollar you've seen one meme of Tiger King. Um, I don't even know how to adequately say what this show is about because, okay, so for, for perspective, I'm four episodes into this whole dumpster fire of a television <laughs> show, and I have the, like, the plot of this, if you can call it a plot in a documentary, has changed every episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, so what do we try it? Like, got it. There's crazy people who hoard exotic animals. Check. Oh, they have like this weird counterculture cult-like thing going on with like monog, like polygamy yep. and weird weirdness, and all the different cults are different. And then it's like, oh yeah, also this chick might have like fed her husband to some tigers. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. There's a lot to digest. It's almost like you know how each uh each season of a TV series, like the world gets a little bit bigger. Yes. Every episode is like an entire season jump. Or like yeah, or like every twenty minutes. Yeah. They're like, Oh, by the way, remember this? It, it's so funny how they just peel back the layers of these, of these I call them characters. They're real people, but they are characters yes. for sure. Um, they're just like, hey, this is Doc Antle. He is a guy who owns a lot of exotic animals. He's probably like the most, the foremost known guy who has a bunch of exotic animals. And you're like, oh, okay. Neat. He seems a little quirky, but you know, sure. And then it's like, Oh, these are his wives. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, and this is how he makes people work 
20 hours a day for no pay. I'm yes. like, wait, what? I told Aubrey that same thing. They sneak these little things in here. Like, here's a person. They, they throw the introduction at you. They don't talk about it. They cut to back to Joe Exotic. And then they sneak back around to it. And they just blow your mind yeah. with all the other insane details of these insane group of misfits. And so the whole time you're like, okay, Joe Exotic is clearly the craziest person on the show. Like, episode one, you're like, this guy is nut. He's got, there. I can't even describe all the adjectives that would be needed to describe this person adequately. But then as it goes on, you're like, I kind of think he might be the most innocent one in this whole thing. And how is that possible? I don't know, man, this show, like the country singing, which is all fake here. Kitty kitty. Did you know that was all fake? I believed that it was real because there's a moment when he's singing along to it. There is. Sounds pretty believable, but I He doesn't did. sound terrible. Like he has he he can he, like he's not tone deaf. He can actually he can pick up a tune. Right. But it's not that. <laughs> and I looked it up and he totally is not singing. Yeah, it broke my heart a little bit. It'd be kind of awesome if it was. I don't know what's better. Is it better that he's not doing it or better that he like if he were doing it? It's better that he, it's better that it is fake. Yeah. <laughs> like he wrote this, he had someone else dub it. Dude, it, and how many songs? Like a hundred. It's fantastic. At least, right? There's gotta be in the music videos. <laughs> the part I love most about this is that um I had to tell peel back the layers for my mom a little bit because she watched the whole series as well okay. really quickly. And she said, wait, what was going on with this situation? I said, yeah. So it's an accidental documentary. Like the documentarian was filming something else and came, yeah. came across Joe Exotic. And then Joe Exotic had his own like television show online. Okay, so bravo for him to be so technologically advanced. <sighs> but then also there was this documentary started happening and then also a reality show about him was happening. So you have a you have a document a documentary filming a reality show filming a man who also films an <laughs> online TV yeah, show. Dude. The amount of footage <laughs> is just insane. Yeah. The Netflix execs were like people were asking them about season 2, which would be strange. But they literally said, "There's so much footage. We we could we could do it. There's so much, um, yeah. And like, who knew? The thing that really blew my mind. I mean, there are tons of things that blow my mind about the show. Let me be clear. Everything that happens blows my mind. But how much money there is in the roadside zoo business? Yes, because we went to one of these." Um, on our way to Branson one time, Jackie like Jackie and her family and and I we went to one, and it's it seems trashy for sure, but it's like just a trashy roadside zoo and you're it's kind of like eh, okay whatever. Mm-hmm. Never would I have guessed that there's like tons of money involved in it. Yeah, like the the numbers they were giving on how much money you can make off of a tiger cub just by like letting people take pictures with it and pet it and stuff. I was like, this is ridiculous yeah doc anti antle however you say his name he was talking about how a typical ticket is like 330 dollars but yes but dynamic pricing you can get 650 dollars on a give any given day too and i'm like who are these people yes. like who are they i once paid like 300 dollars to go to a playoff nba game and i thought wow that's way too much this is a freaking roadside zoo 
in the in the documentary they actually in south carolina and like his facilities look legit like doc antles as legit as a private zoo could look yeah but like six hundred dollars and there's a dude in the documentary who's like yeah we, we were here on sunday we're back again we loved oh it so much gosh. this is our second oh time this week who are you it's it's disturbing it bothers me there's so many disturbing things like i think baby baby little tigers are cute but i don't want to go play with them no I'm not super interested in that I'll watch Planet Earth or whatever. Yeah, you see him, you're like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> but you're not like, I want that thing to sit in my lap. Yes. For an extended period of time. I want to feed it a bottle. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, your mom probably forgot details because it's like getting hit by a train in the show. Yeah. You're like, what just happened? Like, you know what happened, but you don't, like, know what happened. Do you know that thing where you're watching a movie or a show and you, like, check in with the person next to you? Yeah, um, you're like, so, like hey, you seeing this? Are you good? <laughs> like, mouth agape. I kept, Aubrey and I kept slow turning <laughs> to one another, being like, oh, my gosh. Or that thing where you're, like, you don't want to shout, like, when you're in a public group and you, like, elbow the person next to you, like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my yeah. gosh. Even though we were alone, we were doing it that. It was, it was so great. Yeah, and uh, I have three episodes left, and I don't think that I've reached the point in the show where they're going <laughs> to get to the real part. Because the show opens with, like, this is a collect call from something, something correctional facility. Joe Exotic. I'm like, wait, he's in jail? <laughs> and for what? For, like, murder for hire? Like, weird stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so they haven't even gotten to that at yeah. all, really. Except for, like, they touched on it briefly, but not very much. You're, you're, you're almost there. You're almost there. <sighs> Man. We haven't even talked about Carol. <laughs> nope. Should we talk about Carol? I would love to talk about I'm Carol. I'm horrified of Carol. The look in her eyes. When, when, so when you first see Carol, they tee her up. Man, the, the genius behind the way they tee up people in this show. They're like, oh, Carol runs the, what is it called? Like the big cat rescue? That's right. And so... Immediately, your first thought is, she seems relatively normal. She runs a rescue. She's the good guy, right? Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. She is so messed up. Okay, so she's rumored to have murdered her husband and fed him to tigers. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Ligers, tigers, lions, whatever. Oh, my. Um, or bury him under the septic tank or what have you. Which... Dude goes missing without a trace. I mean, without a trace. There's nothing. That's one way to do it. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I've watched probably 100 million episodes of Forensic Files. It's really, really hard to not leave a trace. That said, if the remains are eaten by an animal, that would be a way to do it. It's true. For sure. I think, like, that and fire are the ways to go. Mm-hmm. I don't think Barry under the septic tank would. There would be some sort of physical evidence. There would be uh, loose soil. I mean, forensic science is ridiculous. They can find anything. Yeah. Anything. And if they can prove a motive, they'll just dig that septic tank right up. Yeah. So they're. Yeah, of course they would. And find his body. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's under the septic tank? No, dude. I I, I totally think she fed him. I I'm. I'm in the camp. Well, here's the here's my journey. I first thought he fled to Costa Rica. Which, sure. He's got a girlfriend in Costa Rica. Yeah, he's the flighty guy. Yes. Yeah. He left his first wife for Carol. Right. But then I thought, well, what if 
what if he did get away to Costa Rica, but then was killed in Costa Rica? Like she had a hitman in Costa Rica waiting for him. Whoa. I mean, that would be, I mean, not impossible. Nothing. Everything's on the table, right? Without a trace. Like we had the keys in the van at the, at the airport. I know, but then they get in, I think this is where you're going. Then they get into all the stuff about how his plane wouldn't make it to Costa Rica. But what if she had a plane ready that would have made it there? I know, but don't you think she would say that? No. He gets to the, he gets to the hangar. There's a different plane. They knock him out. They take him to Costa Rica. They murder him. Oh, so it looks like he went to Costa Rica? Exactly. But don't you think she would have all kinds of records to help with that alibi? Like, like flight records? Oh, yeah, because like, she has no flight records. Well, they talked about how he did not have a legal right. license. But I know, but I think she would want that. I don't know, man. It's possible. I don't know what camp I'm in. I, I totally think he could have vanished off the face of the earth. But either, even if he did, I think it was because he thought she was going to murder him. Yes. Because I, I think she wanted to murder him. I, th- I think she killed him. She does, she does this thing where she's like not, not telling the truth. Like she, she waits for the most, the craziest ideas and theories of how she could have killed him. And she's like, can you believe they think this? No. <laughs> Let them think Dude, just all they want. Yes. In her eyes when she says these things. Mm-hmm. So all, all three of these guys, I'll just say this. All three of these people in this show, I don't know if there are more that they introduced. They introduced that one guy, Tim Church or something like that, who's in Ohio. I don't know if that's his actual name. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know his name either, but yeah. He, something like that? He plays a big part, too. Clark, Tim Clark, something like that. He, He's got the monkey in his shirt. He seems mostly normal as far as these people go. Has he got the monkey in his shirt? Yeah. Yes. He plays um, a big part in that. Oh, you're, yeah. you're going to love him. But they're all sociopaths, right? We can pretty much say that. There's the one scene where the um, zookeeper person gets their arm ripped off by a tiger. (laughs) Yes, that actually happens. You don't see it. You do see them laying on the ground without an arm because everything is filmed. Poor Saf. Saf gets gets, uh, her arm ripped off and... Joe Exotic is like, oh, man. He, he's, like, loving it. He's, he goes in the gift shop. This is probably the most disturbing part of the show for me. He goes in the gift shop. Everybody, I you know, I hate to say this, but before you hear it on the news, one of our workers just had their arm ripped off <laughs> by a tie. Like, he's, he's, like, selling it. It's bizarre. And he's just, like, ugh. like, all of his reaction to it is so fake and so forced. He's, he's just sitting there thinking, man, this is going to make great content. Yes. When he says, like, I will never financially recover from this. It's like, <laughs> this is so bizarre. I don't know. What, is there a moment in this show that, like, stuck out to you? That's That one for me, I'm like, ugh, that's Gosh. the one. You know, every single moment. Yeah. I, I can't pick a favorite. I really don't think I can. Um, well, th- no, well, there's a moment. Okay. There's, there's a moment. I'm just not going to, I don't know if you've seen this moment. Oh, I don't care. I'll find out. No, it's a big moment. Okay. Uh, you haven't seen it. Okay. You would know. All you right. would absolutely know. There is a very... It, you, you'll you never expect it to happen, and it'll be a while for you to recover. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. The other thing about this show, the other disturbing thing is when they explain the Carol Baskin um, volunteer scheme that she has all these people do. Yes. How they're like... Well, you start out as a red shirt, and from there, it takes one year until you get your yellow. And then once you get your yellow, they're like, it's like a six-year program to up the ladder. 
And I'm like, all of you people are working nonstop for six years for free. Like, why? It's terrible. It's a cult. It is. And like all cults, these people prey on the weak and the feeble. I don't know, man. It's it's so jacked. It's so, so jacked up. I don't know. I'm thankful that I don't have a mind like that where it can be manipulated in such a way. I know, but like, and yeah. I'm, I'm just curious as to how those people got that way. Like, I think they're just, you know, they're like the Joe Exotics of the world. So like Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin, and I can't remember. I, I don't remember hearing anything about Doc Antle's past, but they have, they're trauma victims. So like, Joe Exotic, his dad, like, hated him. He drove his car off of a bridge. Yep. Like, injured himself horribly. Yep. Carol Baskin, what was it that happened to her? She was raped. Yes. Really young. Right. Terrible, horrible things that make you go, oh, man, I'm really sad for these people. And I still am really sad for these people because they they have some horrible, horrible pasts. Those are the kinds of people that can fall into these traps because they're just, they they have been victims, you yep. know, and they just, they can't recover from it. And I think Doc Antle, I don't know if he reveals anything, but I definitely believe he was manipulated or possibly had something horrible done to him by his own mentor. Like he yeah. sought out this mentor. I don't remember what, uh, where he was from, what country he was from, but he got him into the whole animal trade. Yeah. Big cat trade. So it's very straight. Well, yeah. All- and, and so all of these people, and I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever, but they all display this super like off the wall attention seeking behavior. That's just like beyond what any person you've ever seen before. Like it's just so far out there. Um, it's kind of like, I was thinking about um, if you go, if you ever had a dog that was rehomed, it's like that. Like a dog gets adopted and then those people are like, ah, can't do it. Yeah. They, they send it back to the humane society. Another person adopts it. That dog, because dogs are like super pack oriented for the rest of their life. They're like, oh my gosh, do you love me? Are you okay? Is everything good? Are we like, is everything okay? Yeah. That's what my dog was. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. She was Roxy. She was returned and she is very loyal. Very yeah. loyal. She is. She always wants to lay next to tonight at, at dinner. She was laying right next to you because you were there when we picked her up. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you pet her, like she wants more pets because it's like they've been abandoned. Yes. And that's what these people are like. Like they've been hurt mm-hmm. deeply. And so now they hurt other people and it's like a vicious cycle. Yes. Regardless, you cannot do the crazy things that they do. No, definitely not. You can't you can't keep the circle going. You can't keep that pendulum I don't know all the all the phrases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just it's such it's such a crazy thing to see because you cannot believe that these are real people and they are one hundred percent real people. Yeah, it's just bananas. So that's Tiger King. <laughs> There's the sound effect again. I I uh, it took me like five hours. Kirk will tell you it took me forever <laughs> to get the sound effect on there. So I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna hit it again for. I'm going to use it as many times as possible. I'm going to leave it on the soundboard so that we can use it for forever. When we get into the banker review, you're just going to randomly play it. You know, why yeah, not? just just hit the button. It'll be fine. I offered to make a tiger sound for you, but you just wanted a fancy one that didn't I mean, sound... I think you can make a great tiger sound. Well, let's hear it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's better. 
Dang it. So much time wasted. Or, that was more like a lion. What if I spend like the next half an hour just <laughs> just like testing it out? You're like, hold on, hold on. This is part of my creative process. I'm forming a character. Please bear with me. Um, this tiger yeah. was abandoned by the side of the road <laughs> by Joe Exotic. <laughs> by jo- oh, sad. Um, so that's Tiger King. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. I I f- have this lingering feeling like you're sending these subtle hints at, at me that like as much crazy stuff as I've seen, I still haven't seen the crazy thing that's going to happen. Yeah, it's which is just so terrifying to me. I I, <laughs> I can't express to you like I'm actually scared. I don't you should be scared. I don't know what that thing is and I don't want to know actually. It's so shocking. You're probably oh, going to no. call you're probably going to call me when it happens. So oh, no. I'll be here for you. Oh, Kirk, that's so <laughs> scary. What's great is that people who've binged the whole thing are like, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know what it is. Uh, so stay stay tuned, Cam. Yeah, we'll, we'll have my reaction on the next episode. Perfect. We'll, we'll do that. Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> One more time for emphasis. Okay. Should we do what's popping? I don't know, man. You know what? Nothing's really popping. Let's just talk it's about... It's all sad. It's all terrible. Nah, we got, we got a little sad on the... Uh, on the tiger king Let's i don't know ryan gosling is gonna be in some movie i read that when like 2030 Aunt, never <laughs> yeah Anne hathaway's back and doing things um every sony movies postponed to 2021 so for those who thought you were seeing morbius this year nope not happening Here, here's my question and this is what makes me really sad and really scared kirk we talked about a lot how much we love the theater yes so the theaters may reopen, right? Presumably, like June, July, who knows? I, I don't know, August. We, we should assume that at some point they will reopen, right? Mm-hmm. There will be no movies. There will be no movies to put in the theater. So then what happens? Because then they have to open their doors, but they'll. I think it'll be almost worse than now because they'll be paying people, they'll be paying bills. But like, if none of the summer blockbusters are in the theater... What does it matter? It's possible that they could pick like their front runners that never got the theatrical releases um, that went straight to home premiere and home video, right? VOD. Yeah. It's possible that they might say the the theatrical premiere. You've seen it on your tablets now. Watch it on the big screen. You know that'd be a pretty good marketing ploy. Yeah, that could work. It um, can't be every movie though. But but for how long? You know what I, I mean? mean? For like a month. Yeah. Because No Time to Die at this moment is coming out in November. We know mm-hmm. that. A lot of these are getting postponed indefinitely. A lot of things are getting postponed in the next year. Um, if you look at what's happening in China, so China has sort of bounced back a little bit from what's going on, or at least that's what people are reporting. Mm-hmm. Their theaters are open, and Disney, I know, released Coco. They released a bunch of Marvel films. I think movies that have already been released over there. Sure. Just to fill the screens it's kind of like morale like what movies will bring people together yes uh, in a good way and still in a safe way i bet they're still like not opening every seat in that yeah. in those theaters yeah i would hope not um, but i bet that's what they're doing morale boosters you know classics could come to the theater you know yeah i could see that happening that, that, so yeah i mean but if, then what is the timeline what until yeah we get what is it new films um maybe some stuff was already in post-production yeah and they just up their timeline well i just i know Whatever happens, whenever they reopen, you and I will be in line. We'll be there supporting them. We will be there supporting them. We hope you guys do the same. Once once you feel safe and good with everything, 
um, keep those theaters in mind because we rely on them. Um, okay, let's talk about our movie. This is an interesting one, Kirk. This is a very, very interesting movie. Um, it's on Apple TV+. Plus. This is the first ever Apple TV Plus original movie that we're reviewing on this podcast. Indeed. It's an exciting time. So here's what I will say. If you bought an Apple product, one of the big ones, a phone, I don't think AirPods or anything counts, but like if you bought a phone, a tablet, or a computer. laptop, mm-hmm. or yeah, a computer, then you got a year of Apple TV Plus for free. Yep. But well, for $1,000, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you don't have to pay for it right now. Um, if not, you can get a free trial, which how long is their free trial? A week, two weeks? Seven days. Seven days. So if you haven't seen The Banker and you don't have access to Apple TV Plus, Start that free trial. Check it out. Um, so you can watch along with us. I believe I'm going first this week, and I'm synopsing this movie. Yes, so, you are. Man, this is going to be tough. This is a little bit technical. So this movie stars Anthony Mackie, um, Samuel L. Jackson, and Nicholas Holt. It's a period piece set in the civil rights era, like 1960, I want to say. So like right at the peak of... Um, the civil rights movement and Dr. Martin Luther King and all of those things. It's about um, a person, this is based on true events, obviously. It's about a person named Bernard Garrett. He is from Texas and he has great ambitions. He's very, very intelligent, very financially savvy. And he wants to own real estate, which is quite a tall task for a black man in 1960. But he does it, he accomplishes it. He does so with the help of Samuel L. Jackson, and they're kind of like looking to other things, other business avenues, and uh, that leads them to banking. And th- the story sort of develops from there. Yes, it does. Um, and and it's a lot about, it's a ton about um, racism, inequality. That's sort of the main themes of the film, as you could probably guess just from the era alone. Um, e- even the, you know women's rights come into play for sure. And then it's a lot about, it's just a, it's sort of just a story of personal triumph and things like that. It's a, it's a good one for sure. Good, uh, feel good. I would say it is a good feel good. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything else to add Kirk? Anything I missed? Oh, it's perfect. Okay. Wonderfully. All right. And that leads us into our categories mm-hmm. our superlatives. Superlatives. The Oscar goes to for me. Mr. Anthony Mackie. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked Anthony Mackie. Um, I am an Anthony Mackie fan, so hopefully I'm not being a homer and like bias playing playing my biases here. I really did think he did a good job. And I don't think well, Anthony Mackie has range, but it's not massive, I would say. He has a couple of different types of characters that I've seen him play that sort of stay in the same wheelhouse. So I guess I shouldn't say he doesn't have range. I haven't seen his range on full display. Um, and in this film, he played he played a pretty um, common, familiar uh, archetype for a character. You know, this like sort of misunderstood genius, a guy who has a hard time relating to people. Um, but he added his own flavor to it, and it was totally different than any character I've seen him play before. He's either been in like superhero movies or um, apocalyptic movies, as or well. yeah, like any sort of like action movies, and then like comedies. Mm-hmm. Those are the only kinds of movies I've ever seen him in. So this was a good change of pace, and 
like I said, he did a really good job to bring his own flair to the role. I didn't think it was like a typical, he didn't feel like a character that just came out of a box, even though the, that like build of character is like familiar. You're like, Oh, I've seen characters similar to this before. You hadn't seen one just like this. He had a lot of emotional depth to him, which I was really thankful for because at the beginning, I didn't know if he was going to get there. Um, but he did. So I, I thought he did a great job. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, you're like, man, he's just like mean mugging. Yeah. For- he's just kind of stiff and <laughs> yeah, he's not very expressive. And I love when, when characters, I mean, when actors can create characters like that and then you're just like waiting, you're like, what's going to make him smile? Right. What's, what's really going to change his heart? You know, uh, the, and the Grinch with his Grinch heart grew three sizes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, not that he's a Grinch in this movie. The, un- the misunderstood genius is really a great way to put it. I also chose Mr. Anthony Mackie. Yeah. As my wife calls him Falcon, because that's what she knows him that's, as. That's who he is, man. That's what, <laughs> that's what 90% of America knows him as. It's like, who, Anthony, who? Falcon. Oh, yeah, Falcon. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's not too much else to say about that, but yeah, like bravo for, for, um, breaking your, your, um, not being a pitfall character, not only being the, the sarcastic guy in in a movie, like he can, he could do so much more. He can create a fully developed character and it was really cool to see. Yeah. We need, we need more. Don't you agree? I think we need more Anthony Mackie in leading roles. Absolutely. I'm, it, it makes me even more excited for. Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I think he'll get more of a chance to shine. And even though that character is sort of like a one-liner sarcastic joke character, he'll have to be more than that in that show. You know what I mean? In order for it to work. Yeah. It'll be cool to see this one because he was the sidekick obviously in the, in the first 23 films, which however many he was in, but he gets to be the leader and come into his leadership and figure out what that means for him, you know? Yeah. So it'd be really cool to watch that. For sure. Okay, let's move to Scene Stealer. This was a movie with a a pretty packed supporting cast. There were a lot of different players in this, um, so lots of different options, which isn't always the case. I went with Nicholas Holt, who plays... Uh, what is his name? Uh, the white guy. He plays the yeah, white guy. <laughs> yeah, he does. He plays um, this character that they use to help be sort of like the front for their whole enterprise. They're yes. like, hey, we need a guy who looks like, you know, white people who talks like them, who does all of those things who will feel familiar to them so that they can run their business behind the scenes without having to worry about the racism and all the terrible things going on around them. Um, it's hard to explain why Nicholas Holt is a scene stealer for me without giving away spoilers. So I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but I will just say that, his character is sort of the inciting character for every every important thing that happens in this movie revolves around this character. Mm-hmm. And so he has to he has to leave you in a state where you're like you don't know how you feel about this character. Like you feel one way, then you feel the other way, then you feel another way and you just don't really know and he kind of like has to keep you there. And he does a great job. I think I think that's tough to do, and I think it's tough to, because they're not always shoot. You don't really shoot a movie in chronological order. You know what I mean, right? And so, if you have to grow a character in such a s- substantial way and be totally aware of what's happening in each scene, 
that can be tough. And I, I will just say I'm not always the biggest fan of Nicholas Holt. I've seen him in some films where I'm like, eh, that's not great. I really liked him in X-Men First Class when he played um, Beast. Mm-hmm. But there are some other films I've seen him in where I'm like, ah, you know, that could have been better. It's a little bit lackluster. I didn't, I didn't get that here. And even though his character isn't the world's most interesting character on paper, he made it really, really interesting. And that's sort of, I mean, this movie is about finances. You know, it's about the financial industry. Pretty dry stuff, to be honest with you. I went, I mean, I went to business school, and I still am like. Uh, don't really want to talk about interest rates and loans and, <laughs> you know, things like that. So um, I thought it was a good job. I thought, you know, maybe it was just a breath of fresh air to me, but I thought he did a really, really good job. Yeah, I was also, I've always been in the camp of not liking him. I, I just have never been a big fan. He was in that that movie, um, I think Amber Heard was in it, Warm Bodies, where he plays yeah, a zombie. I, who, I didn't. I wasn't high on that movie. I know a couple people were. Oh, man, I fell asleep during it. I've never finished it. It's just not my movie. Not yeah. my movie. Um, so yeah, I think he did. I think he did a really good job. He was. He was pretty fascinating, and uh, maybe he's taken the the kind of the key that everyone else is doing. You know, don't try to be the the blockbuster kid. Go and really create a character. Yeah, which is more there's more opportunities to do that because of all the streaming platforms. Mm -hmm. You can get away from these, like, this is what you should be. Boom. We're going to make a bunch of money. Yeah. Like, you know what? I'm going to go for the lower budget movie and it's going to, it's going to rake in more. It's also going to help me grow as an actor. Um, Great, great choice, Nicholas Holt. I chose Mr. Samuel L. Jackson. Man, it pained me not to choose Sam Jackson because <laughs> I love Sam Jackson very, very much. Um, I'm glad you did. Glad yes. Oh, uh, you know, there's, you can't fight Samuel L. Jackson's personality. It's out of this world big. And he did something different with that. So, you know, there are actors out there who have a certain, um, they have so many tricks and they just use it tw- towards their um, advantage. And he definitely did that here, but in a different way. I can't even really describe it. He he uh, sucked people in with his relationships and business rather than just his charm. He, it was his business charm more than just his personality charm. Yeah. And because of all the connections that he built like as a character from the ground up, you just respected him so much. And he's a playboy. He's got all these women around him. And he's not afraid to, to say anything he wants to. He doesn't trust anybody. Uh, he was just so spot on the whole time. Also interesting because he he kind of like knew how bad things would get with each decision that they made. Yeah. And he said, well, it's going to be bad either way. Let's just do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I just really, I really respected him to, to keep that interesting and fresh. Uh, and I just couldn't stop watching him. Yeah. He, he sort of acts as like, he, he is the exact just juxtaposition of the Bernard Garrett character of mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie. He is, you know, they, they've done something again. This is another very familiar archetype, pretty like cookie cutter thing where you have like the, um, the straight man and you know, the other guy who's like a little bit off the wall, unpredictable, good cop, bad cop. And, and, uh, Sam Jackson for lack of a better term plays like the bad cop character, but his real, um, role in the story is to sort of like peel back the layers of Anthony Mackie's character and in order for him to do that, you have to trust him as a character to trust his judgment and to tr- like to like him 
And so he, that's something he establishes really early on. And I thought he did a great job. Yeah. And he's like this high roller investor that he, that Anthony Mackie goes into business. Uh, they become business partners as you've seen from the trailer. But what's really cool about it is that he's, he's got all of this money and he's got the world at his fingertips and Anthony Mackie is saying we could have more, and and even at that he's like, all right, let's do it, and he's willing to do things that he's never seemingly done, like pretend to be another person, um, dress up as a driver when he's this, <laughs> you know, uh, he's got almost a million dollars yeah. in the bank, and it's just so so awesome to see that kind of dy- dynamic player in the in this film. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, really good performance. So that's that's a good pick. Showstopper, I. This is a weird one. <laughs> I'm going with the use of the montage, an age-old tool for films. And in a movie like this where you're talking about dry subject matter, you have to have superb pacing. And one of the ways that you can do that is to manage it by using the montage. So have a couple of things happen and then pick and choose the places where you don't need as much detail. You just need stylish, quick shots, um, precise shots that, that convey exactly what you're trying to convey without words. Um, usually with some music, there were probably four or five montages in this film that helped pace it along. And every single one was like perfection. Yeah, It was, um, it provided a little lift from an energy perspective. It was a little bit like higher um, momentum builder. It was like, you know, they didn't just throw them in there. They were used to actually like, okay, now we had that dialogue. Like let's move ahead. And all of the shots were very intentional. And I thought they were really good. It's the first time I can remember watching a movie and being like, Great montages. So I had to make it my showstopper. So I almost chose montages. Yeah, that's funny. It was so impactful uh, and so well executed. Like you said, that after I watched the movie, and I watched it a couple of days ago, and I was re- rethinking through it as I created my notes, and I'm like, you know what? Those montages were like fire. Stellar. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, stellar montages. So it's funny that you picked that one. Uh, so I'm going to go with, for my, my showstopper, I'm going to go with the execution of the subject matter. So this movie was smart. It was smart, man. Yeah, smart. It was so incredible how they broke down the business concepts of real estate and banking and made it digestible. So like if you've seen the film, The Big Short, yep, it, which exactly. is all about the housing market, it's uh it just your head is just spinning you're trying mm-hmm. to grasp at it you're trying to like i get that part oh wait no there's like six other parts of that that make no sense and contradict it all the way that anthony mackie breaks down how business works uh in the real estate and banking market is so crystal clear that i'm sure that if i watch this movie like six more times i'm gonna put my resume in to yeah, be a, to to be a professional a bank. banker sure. because i, I already like, did i was like you got it <laughs> check Awesome. Uh, so I'll be getting a loan from you for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please approve it's it. It's the perfect plan. <laughs> uh, so that that really was was fantastic to me. I felt I really love movies where I feel like I'm getting a little bit of an education uh-huh. uh, because I hated I not hated school, but I wasn't a big fan of school. Um, so I really I really love that I can grab things in a visual way. So yeah. Yeah. The Big Short even cheated. You know, they use those like scenes where they break the fourth wall and like have Selena yeah. Gomez tell you how things work. Like and Margot Robbie. Yeah. And it's like, Stop it. <laughs> and this one did a, 
arguably a better job. So that was a, that's a good call out. Um, okay. Now to the other side of that coin, which is director shoes and what we would have changed about the film or what the film didn't do so well. For me, it was the stakes. The stakes never felt high in this movie for me, which is so bizarre because the stakes are extraordinarily high. I mean, we're talking about, you know, finances. So there's, you know, tons of things that can go wrong with that. When you are running a financial institution, you have a fiduciary responsibility to people to take care of their money and the consequences can be hardcore, you Mm -hmm. know, federal prison, you know, for a long, long time, any number of things could go wrong there. Um, Also, you've got the threat of harm against you. I mean, race relations in the 1960s, once again, not good. Um, A good chunk of this movie takes place in Texas. So these guys' lives were literally in danger doing business down there. And I don't feel like that was really conveyed. There's like a part at the end of the movie where they, um, like all based on true story movies, there's some text on screen and it's like, whoa, that happened. And that's the first time that you feel like, man, this is heavy. This Mm -hmm. is, this is high stakes. And so I wish they had been able to convey that earlier in the film because I think it would have made the ending just so much more impactful. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the one thing that really stuck out to me. Um, couple of other nitpicky there were certain people that didn't give the greatest performance you know the same things that you tend to see but that that one for me was a sort of a glaring mistake yeah it almost it it felt like the stakes weren't so high because you're like meh they'll be fine (laughs) right they've got it handled they're so well put together yeah you didn't see there weren't many their their theory and their process and their business and their and their genius was so airtight that you're like, they'll figure it out. You know, unlike other films where you're like, right. yeah, this could go bad, this could go south. You just knew. You just knew they'd go, you'd, they'd get it. Uh, my director's shoes, I think, honestly, there's not a lot of staying power, staying power mm. with this film. Mm-hmm. It's a little forgettable. Even though when I was watching it, I was all in. I was rooting for it. I felt powerful watching the film and watching these two black men rise to power with uh, against business um, laws and policies that were against them for no reason, you know? So f- as I recall the movie, I really enjoyed it, but I can't remember all of it. And it was a pretty quick two hours, you know? Yep. So I don't know if that's because this is the world we live in now, or I consume so many movies and TV that it, because I didn't see it in a magical movie theater, what's, what's that effect got on me? No, I, I agree, and I think that where I net out on this thing, and I, this is kind of seeping into overall thoughts and scores and stuff like that, so we can just jump into that, but I literally have the thought to myself, this is a good movie. I wasn't watching it. This is a good movie. Would I buy this movie? Probably not. Will I watch it again? Almost certainly not. Would I recommend it to somebody? Probably. Absolutely. It's a, it's a good one-time shot. View it. I think pretty much anybody who watches it once we'll enjoy it. I don't think this is going to be anybody's favorite film, right. right? I don't think it is. And I think that for me to get in the nine point range on score, you have to have the capability to be someone's favorite film. Yes. I don't think this is anybody's favorite film. And if, if, there, if it is, it would be a very small group of people. doesn't mean that there's anything really wrong with this movie. It just means that it, exactly to your point, it's not going to stick with you. It's not going to make an impact on you, um, which is at the fault of the direction. You have to 
make the stakes higher. You have to make your viewer sweat it out and feel it, feel something. And there are parts where you feel things in this movie, but overall, um, it's not getting your heart rate up. It's not getting you really moved or emotionally um, involved. So Yeah, quick to compare it quickly, like you need some like devastation on their journey, and there are brief moments of it, but they skim over it and they're on to the next thing, which is also part of their character. But I, th- I like to think of like a, a devastating black man rising to power, like the pursuit of happiness. 100%. Like you feel that. Yeah. You feel that. And uh, I think that this the, it, it was possible to do in this film and they didn't slide it in I there enough. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for that reason, my score on this one is a nice round 8.0 out of 10 kernels. Um, enjoyed it. Um, will recommend it and do recommend it to you as I re- recommend all the films we review because we like to chat with you guys about, about them. Um, but that's kind of where it ends for me. Great. What about you? Yep. I'm going to go with very close to you, 7.8 kernels. Yeah. Um, I just wish it had a little bit of an extra punch. I almost wonder with these films, we all we know that there's so many different deleted scenes, and even nowadays there's so many alternate endings for films. Yeah. That I almost wonder if there were some extra scenes that they might even slip back in there that might really get I'd, what we're I'd wanting. imagine. Yeah. I'd imagine some things hit the cutting room floor. Um, the one thing uh, I can't really the one thing that they talk about that kind of adds as a theme to this movie that I thought was the most impactful part was Sam Jackson early in the movie says, I like you. You've got, you're angry. You know, you've got some anger to you. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm not angry, but that actually acts as a pretty good catalyst for the rest of the movie. And it starts, it shifts your perspective on the movie. So I thought that line was like one of the best in the film. And, and, And that, that was an interesting take that I was not expecting. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, okay. That is a wrap on the banker. Please check that one out on Apple TV Plus, if you have it, if you don't get the free trial, hit me up for my login. I don't care. I'll share it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I will. Well, it's my Apple ID though. I don't know right. if I can do that. They're like, I'm gonna buy everything. If it was like my Hulu password, it'd be like, sure, go for it, <laughs> whatever. Um, but we talked about Tiger King earlier, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's back. <laughs> it shocked me that we time. are gonna do our schoolyard pick of big. Cats, big cats, not yes. small household cats, big ones. Meow. Yes. No, not meow. that. So <laughs> do you know, sometimes at my house, uh, I pretend to be a cat and my, <laughs> the sounds yes. bizarre, but uh, my, my kids call me cat daddy. Cat daddy. <laughs> all right. And so I walk around on all fours and I go, <laughs> nice. Out of the house and I chase them. Fantastic. Just want to, next time you should make this sound. <laughs> Instead of a meow. They'll run screaming. Yeah, they probably will. <laughs> they probably will. Okay. Kirk, you're actually up first. Um, pretty oh. jelly because there are some really good big cats out there. So I'm um, looking forward to your first pick. Oh, I got to get two. And I don't want you to pick the other one because I went to two different colleges and both had big cats. Sure. Spoiler it's the perfect alert. mascot. Right. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with the one where... My first college, where I finally got your sister to realize she loved me. So it's mm. going to be the Panther. The Panther. Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> I will stop eventually, probably. That's a tiger sound, too. It's not even a Black Panther. Right, right. I also love the Panther, you know, the Pink Panther. 
Yes. Um, also, there is uh, there's a moment. I'm sorry. There in season three of So Weird, we get a new main character, mm. and she sees this panther as like her, <laughs> her literally her spirit animal who like saves her from danger sometimes. And it's like this beautiful black panther that's just like roaming around and like pushing her out of the way. It's like a little uh, spirit animal angel, like getting her out of the way of a car trying to like plow into her. So wow. Panther. Good, good choice. Um, not the best choice though. Kirk. Oh, excuse you. Not the best choice because my first pick Kirk is the Amur leopard. Or the snow leopard. <laughs> now, the great thing about snow leopards, well, there are many wonderful, wonderful things about the snow leopard. First of all, they're absolutely precious. Everybody knows the snow leopard. They know what they look like. They're adorable. They look so fuzzy. Um, they have. They live in the mountains. I learned this on planet Earth. They live in the mountains, and they scale the mountain up and down. Uh-huh. And the way that they do this is they have a big, bushy tail. Huge bushy tail you ever see their tails they're not like normal big cat tails like they're actually much uh more robust and fluffier wow and they need it for balance so that they can climb up the up the mountains are you sure you weren't like a zoologist in, <laughs> in another I, life jackie loves nature documentaries we've watched countless ones and um one of my favorite things is jackie likes to ask questions while we watch nature documentaries and I will just make things up and, <laughs> and then David Attenborough will correct me usually. Um, but when we watched planet earth, the, they were talking about the snow leopard uh-huh. and they were talking about its big bushy tail. And Jackie said, I wonder why it has a big bushy tail. And I said, well, obviously it's for balance while they climb up the mountain, which I did not know that it was just baloney. I was just throwing things out there. Like I always do. And then David Attenborough, with his beautiful British tone, comes across, and he's like, and the big bushy tails, which help them balance as oh. they scale them. I was like, boom. That's so good. So you mansplained, and then you were correct. That's right. Fantastic. That's right. I yep. feel like I do the same thing. We're watching movies, and Aubrey's like, I wonder what that is. I'm like, well, obviously. Yeah, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Just- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I don't care either. I'm just like, well, I'm just going to make something up. Sometimes I'll catch myself and then we're like halfway through a movie or a show. I'm like, I should stop. I've been wrong every time. <laughs> and David Attenborough will say the other thing. And I'm like, eh, he's probably wrong. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was my thing. I don't know. <laughs> you just discredit this genius. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. All I, right. I, I also just want to point out that five minutes before we started recording, you're like, hey, big cats uh, for for the schoolyard pick and you haven't even looked up anything. No, I was I like, show you my computer. I have not looked up anything. <laughs> I was scrambling and you have like this, this just plethora, this, this uh, encyclopedia Britannica <laughs> in your back pocket. Well, of big cats. I, I can tell you that my knowledge of the Amur leopard is the most knowledge I have about big cats. So we'll mm. see how the rest of this goes. It's only downhill from here. Yeah, <laughs> so for sure. I'm going to go with the cougar. Yeah. Good one. The other college. Shout out to EIU for the Panther. Shout out to SIUE for mm-hmm. the, the cougar. cougar. I know nothing about the Cougar other than it looks super cool in statue form sitting on a college campus. It does. Um, also, women who seek out younger men are sometimes called Cougars. Yep. That's all I got. They just look super cool, and I, they could destroy you in a heartbeat. When I was in Scholar Bowl in 7th and 8th grade, mm-hmm. we um, you were you in Scholar Bowl? No. So in Scholar Bowl... Or people call it Scholastic Bowl or whatever. Um, you had you would get asked a toss-up question like Jeopardy, 
and your team buzzes in and then you answer the question. And once you answer the toss-up question, then there's four bonus questions after that. Okay. And our rule was for the captain, if we ever couldn't come to consensus on an answer for the bonus questions, we would write Cougar. <laughs> that was our answer. We would write Cougar. And one time the bonus question category was all about big cats and we wrote down no. cougar and it was correct no. and we lost our minds <laughs> and the moderator was like why are you guys laughing and we were like well we, we write down cougar every time even if it's not related to big cats so this was a big win for us Pretty amazing awesome. amazing okay my second pick this is tough but i you know i just gotta go with my heart i gotta go with what big cat really speaks to me and which one I think is the coolest. Um, so I'm going to go with the Ocelot. <laughs> you familiar with the Ocelot, Kirk? No. <laughs> well, let me, hold on. Let me pull up a picture. I'll post one on social too. That reminds me, we never posted our Marvel picks. Uh, that's because I didn't do my We're ranking. Bad. We're bad people. No, Kirk. just me. You did your list. We'll I'm... do it. We'll do it, I promise. I was not in the Scholar Bowl, and I did not do my homework. <laughs> so, that's on me. So, the Ocelot um, looks a lot like a big cat, but it's, like, miniaturized, you know? It looks like... Oh, oh you know how you see, like, cats from ancient Egypt that yes. are, like, bigger than a house cat? But, like, naked, right? Yeah. They're, like... Well, they're, like, pretty Furnace. lean. So, like, it looks like a big cat, but it's small. Okay. But it's not like small enough to be a house cat. It's kind of in between. They're like little lanky things. Mm -hmm. um, I love them because they're adorable. And I also love them because people get them as pets. And that's a pretty sketchy thing. I can't mean, do it. Yeah. I mean, Tiger King tells us you can't do it. But um, people who have these as pets have to build like 10 foot fences in their backyard because they can jump flat footed like super high in the air. And um, <laughs> this person. On a show one time, I heard this person who had an ocelot talk about how it actively hunted her on some occasions. Like, it would sit on top of things and, like, pounce. I was like, yeah, no, that's going to be a hard pass. But they're adorable, and I love them. So, ocelot. And they'll eat you if you have them as a pet. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they would, they're they definitely big enough to hurt you. I don't think they're big enough to kill and eat you, but they're they are for sure big enough to scratch you, bite you, maim you. Yeah, no doubt. My number three. Yep. Yeah, three. I'm, wow. gonna, I'm going to pick the liger. Oh, Redford's mm -hmm. skills and magic. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the liger brought to you by Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. Um, I always thought. I'm not going to lie. I was uh, three days ago years old when I discovered that ligers were real because I thought they were just made up by yeah. Napoleon Dynamite's wonderful uh, viewpoint of the world. No, they're real. They're absolutely real. And Joe Exotic has one, if not several, of these ligers. And yeah. I thought it was fantastic to find out that that was true. Yeah, I saw a liger at that roadside zoo that I told you about. And I <laughs> yes. was like, wait, what? I, th I just assumed they were trolling everybody. Yeah. But they're like, no, for real, like a lion and a tiger made this. We did. We, we crossbred them. Like, that's insane. And I'm like, but why? Why indeed? Why do they do any of this? Why? Why? I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's an interesting thing. They're large. They're big things, yes. the ligers. They it's, look more like a lion than a tiger, for sure. Yes. In almost every case. Like, I, I wish it would have, like, faint stripes. But instead, it just kind of has, like, a 
like a tiger, like a big tiger body. But then like the face is more. Yeah. Yeah. Because like they're both cats. They're, so. I mean, they both look somewhat similar. <laughs> so I think a liger would look really cool if it had the total tiger pattern straight through, like all the way. But the huge lion mane. Ooh, yeah. That would be hardcore. Wonder if someone, I bet you that Doc Antle is trying to figure that out right now. Yep. Am I saying I his name is. right? I'm yeah, I think you are. Doc. I think you are. I'm going to look him up. Um, okay, my third pick, I am going with the cheetah. Cheetah. Cheetahs never prosper, as uh, Zazu says in <laughs> <laughs> uh, The Lion King. Um, cheetahs are cool because they're really fast, mm-hmm. and that's really all you need to know about cheetahs. They're the fastest big cat, and all the big cats are known for being fast. So if you're the fastest of the fast, you're pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Um, also, one time I remember that at the St. Louis Zoo, they have this place called the River's Edge mm-hmm. where they keep all these African animals. And the cheetah got into the, like, berm that's right outside. Not the berm, but, like... So the way that they have it... You know how they do zoos to where, like, the thing looks like it's close, but it's actually not because there's, like, a giant chasm in between you and that thing? Yes. Um, the cheetah ran and, like, jumped across that thing and was, like on the other side of the fence by where the humans were hanging out. And so it was still behind the fence, but it was like really close to people. And I remember seeing that story and being like, that's horrifying. Yes. So cheetah, because that thing was like, I am out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Think you want to look at me? <laughs> so breaking yeah. out prison break cheetah edition. Cheetah I'm going to go with which uh, which button is there for the t- for the title? Oh, it's the big green button. I'm gonna hit that button. Now. Do it. I'm gonna go with also a fast one, the jaguar. Ooh, yeah, good one. Oh, you feel powerful when you I press know, the don't button. You? Ooh, it's good. The jaguar again. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, I just know about the car. Uh, again, um, I have no no vast knowledge knowledge of big cats other than what I've learned in Tiger King. Yeah. And Lion King, and the Jaguar is the one with the uh, the little hood ornament on the front uh, of the car. Use sometimes, but now they're more. It's flatter. Yeah, in in the in a way, it makes that cat feel a little more sophisticated, doesn't it? A little more highbrow. Yeah, it's like this is the Rolls Royce, the 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 R's, the R car, Rolls Rolls Royce, Rolls Royce. Yeah, I know. Let's not do a car. This is the Jaguar of big cats. Yes. A Jaguar. <laughs> you know when I. My grandpa does not have a Jaguar, but speaking of hood ornaments, um, <laughs> he always said when I was like eight and driving his car on his lap because I was in the country, he's like, take the wheel. I'll do the pedals. He said, watch the watch the hood ornament. If that's in the center of the road, you're driving straight, which is not true, grandpa. <laughs> it's like almost true, but you got to look at the horizon. I, I'm, yeah. And so I, I told him that's that many, many years later, but uh, grandpa... I know you're not listening to this because you're not technologically savvy, <laughs> and uh, I blame you. I blame you for my bad driving sometimes. Yeah, could be. That's a. It's rough. The Jaguar. The Jaguar. Good. Good call. Was that your number four? So this is my, number, my four. number four. Well, Kirk, um, I would be remiss if <laughs> if we did not include the mighty lion on this mm-hmm. list, mm-hmm. and so the lion is my fourth pick. Um, should be higher for sure. No debate about that. I mean, the lion is the king of the jungle. That said, it seemed like an obvious pick, so you kind of want to take like the stuff off the board that you think other people will take, and I thought you might sit on the line for a bit because it's just too obvious. Yes. Um, so I played that right. Kudos to me. The, <laughs> <laughs> the lion 
what do I even say about The Lion? The Lion King is one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Lion's roar can be heard like five miles away or something like that. Um, I think my favorite thing about The Lion is that there are two types of lions, obviously male and female, but that both of them are living awesome lives because the females just are savages. You know, They do all of the hunting. And the male is totally lazy. And I think that if you're going to be a big cat, either of those lifestyles seems pretty fun. Like one, you get to run around, chase things, and assert your authority and dominance. Mm-hmm. The other one, you just get to kick it. Yeah. So I'm like, pretty pretty solid. It's not bad. So shout out to the lion. Not a bad life at all. Yeah. My number five. Final pick. I'm going to go with the tiger. Yes. <laughs> Just the tiger. straight up tiger. Straight up. You know, uh, there are there are so many tigers in pop culture. Um, even Doc. So many. Even Doc Antle, he was a tiger wrangler, like for perf- like actual films. Yeah, like Ace Ventura. And, yes. Yeah. Even Britney Spears had a tiger at one point in yeah. a show, or or in the mu- in her music video, or at an actual performance. He was the tiger wrangler for her performance. Wild. Probably I'm not, I'm a slave for you would make I sense. I would have to bet. Yes, <laughs> that would make sense. And, uh, you know, you got Raja from Aladdin. Oh, just so precious. You got that big tiger. I forget his name from Walking Dead. Whatever his name oh, is. Oh, yeah. Ezekiel was the guy, but what was mm-hmm. the tiger's name? It might have been like Raj. I don't know. It might have been. But anyways, there's so many, so many, uh, so many different movies and film and TV shows where they have lions and... Shere Khan. Shere Khan. He's a tiger. When you go to the zoo, you, you did I say lion? Tiger. You want to see the tiger. You got to yeah, see it. Yeah, they're, they're flashy. Orange. Yes. And it's like they're, they're, um, their coat is so perfect all, at all times it's mm-hmm. never ruffled like some animals they roll around and they, they gets all like matted and stuff right never the tiger never they're always looking fresh always um photogenic mm-hmm. it's a good pick thank you you had to we had to pick it somebody had to if you hadn't i would have had to exactly out of principle um but i'm glad you did because it left me my final pick daniel tiger nope <laughs> <laughs> close he, honorable mention daniel tiger um i'm actually going with the puma Ooh, the Puma. Yes. Um, primarily because of the movie Talladega Nights, where <laughs> <laughs> where there is a Puma in his car <laughs> named Karen that he has to learn to drive with Karen in the car, and it's the funniest thing ever. And he gets mauled by a Puma, and it's amazing. <laughs> it ruins his Crystal Gale shirt <laughs> and just everything about it. That scene where he comes back and he's like, "Well." Got mauled by a puma. <laughs> I think it's a puma. I hope it is. I think right? it is. Or is it a cougar? It's is a puma. It a... For for all, all I'm gonna say it's purposes. a puma. I'm gonna say it's a puma. It's a puma. Um, if it's not, it looks a lot like a puma. I'm so nervous. What if it was a real? What if it was a puma, but they called it a cougar? If if it know. is a cougar, I love pumas because I used to have puma shoes. Like cougar. Oh. Dang it! <laughs> I hate myself. Well, it's all relative. I'm telling you, it was absolutely a puma. <laughs> Sorry, I had to stand up. That's okay. Getting uncomfortable, so now I'm standing up. You were so upset by the the mistake there. I am. Yeah, I am. I'm upset about it. Um, Do you have another pick? What else could I say about the Puma? Oh, they have shoes. They have the Puma shoes. Yes. I, li- I like those. Cool logo. Yeah. Um, great name. Great you know? name. That's. Uh, I'll, I'll. I don't even have to explain myself. 
Puma is a cool name, okay? Puma. It's got a nice place. It has a nice nice P, which is great for the podcast. Just pop your peas, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to continue to explain myself on this. (laughs) It's a great cat. Okay, that's it. That's School Yard Pick of Cats. Tell us what we missed. Did we miss anything, Kirk? No, nothing. We got them all. I don't think so. We talked about the panther, the jaguar, the lion, the tiger. Those are the big ones. We named them all. Leopard. Well, I had said snow, snow leopard, leopard, so I wasn't going to go for the leopard when you since you went for the. Snow. I think we're I think we're covered there. Um, so that's it for us. Mm-hmm. No idea what we're reviewing next episode. This is the world we live in. Um, we're going to post our Marvel stuff, right, Kirk? We're going to do it. Yep. We. Have, <laughs> I have my list. I'll, I could post it. You post yours first. Maybe I will. And then we'll edit it and we'll post mine. <laughs> No, I can't see. Here's the thing. I can't have you see my list first because it will poison your brain. Oh, okay. There will be, you'd be like, well, he put this in six. I can't, Dang you it. know, so can't do that. I will wait, but we will post it. Um, hope the quarantine is treating you guys. Okay. We'll get through it. We'll get through it together. Um, it's doing weird things to celebrities. If you see the celebrities are just losing their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the Sam Neill video? I did. Can I play a bit from that? Please do. S- send us out yeah, with it. It's Sam, so great. Sam Neill's just totally nuts. He's doing like these just... And I love Sam Neill. And I love him even more after this. I'll just say that. Um, he's like just <laughs> at home in Australia or New Zealand or whatever just doing his thing. And he's like doing these nature videos. I don't know. Hold on. Let me grab this audio real quick. Okay, you guys ready for this? Here we go. Here it comes. Very unseemly imitation of some Australian pets. So sorry about that. But I'll do one here. Uh, One of my favorite Australian birds. I'm missing my New Zealand birds, I have to say, but one of my favorite Australian birds, of course, is a kookaburra. <laughs> so that's what Sam Neil's up to. Okay, um, pray for Sam Neil, guys. I don't know. This is just this is not going well for him. I've seen other videos. I saw a video of Alex Rodriguez and um, J Lo doing TikToks. I'm like, what in the name yeah. is going on here? Tom Holland and Justin Bieber just did an Insta Live, and which it was like what? So boring. It was <laughs> terribly boring. They're like, oh, what are you doing? Are you since you can't do any movies? What are you doing? It's like uh, nothing. Literally Makes you nothing. feel better, right? Because yeah. you're like, you're like, you envy these people, you know. All of us kind of do in a way. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're rich, they're famous, they, you know, the world's at their fingertips. Certainly, more so than most, Justin Bieber and Tom Holland. I mean, they're international superstars. And they get together for this conversation. It's just the weirdest, most awkward, most boring crap you've ever seen. And it's like, sweet. <laughs> They're just like us. They're just like us, guys. Um, does that make me more sad or less sad? I don't know. I don't know. I would say less sad because you're like, man, sometimes I get through a conversation of small talk and I'm like, man, I sound so stupid. Yeah, right. And then um, I'm like, wait, these guys, they're just normal people. Yeah. With millions of dollars. That's that's all the difference. Yeah, so keep those millionaires and celebrities in your thoughts during this time <laughs> because they really seem to be losing it. Um, so hopefully you guys are hanging in there. Um, yeah, that's all we got. Anything else, Kirk? I got nothing. All right. We want to give a special thanks to Ryan Spriggs who helps us produce this podcast. Another special thanks to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our awesome, awesome, awesome 
theme music. We will see you guys next week. Stay safe. Talk to you then. much more happens before then yeah it's it's pretty troubling oh it's my son (laughs) pause (laughs) ash uh no not right now bud no i don't know yeah it might not happen tonight sweetie yeah it's getting kind of late and we're still recording Okay, love you. Sorry, bud. Here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> In the sweetest of... Um, uh, Uncle Cam? Yeah. <laughs>